the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, attorneys at law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kabalik. Welcome into Panhandle Live, the Friday edition. More on where my co-host is a little later in the program. Uh, Sutton and Janelle are uh, funding our fun here today. Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can contact them for all your legal needs at suttonandjanelle.com or go to their historic location, 224 West King Street in Martinsburg. And uh, we really appreciate their sponsoring of Panhandle Live and local radio. Speaking of local, we have local theater featured uh, this morning, and uh, hopefully we can bring those folks in right now. Can you guys hear me? Yes, I can. Awesome. I love it when that works, because as I warned you, David Ryan from Martinsburg High School, um, this is the hardest part for me, this whole uh, telephone thing, and a feature of today's show will be folks hearing me under my breath, give myself directions like, oh, I've got to press that. Um, anyway, want to welcome in great folks. Uh, that I, I believe they're all thespians uh, from Martinsburg High School. Joining David Ryan, the teacher, uh, is Gibson Crumley, Nathan Pitzer, Travis Fry III, Emily Gates, and Alex Whitler. You guys are probably going to have to you know, let us know who's speaking when since we have such a crowd. Did I get it right, or what, what needs to be corrected, David? Yes, everybody is here, except Alex is not present today, but uh, he's present here in spirit. But uh, I've got everybody else around us here. So that is awesome. So we're we're talking about um, a Christmas carol, uh, which we will feature a little closer to Christmas here. We want to get really involved in bringing live radio and theater productions and things like that from local folks uh, back in. That's something we're uh, focusing on. And we love to do this this time of year. We had um, you know, one of your productions on Closer to Halloween. So uh, talk about this. I know you gave me a little read ahead, but it's better coming from you guys. Tell, talk about how this project came to be. Uh, I'm going to pass this over to the students and let them explain their experience with it. So, uh, but we appreciate the opportunity to have our work aired, and we want to celebrate the holidays with everybody here in town. Uh, but I'm going to pass this over to Nathan Pitzer, who was our Scrooge. <laughs> and uh, again, we did this uh, like old school radio broadcast and made some of the sound effects ourselves. And then we had to do the voices and get a little bit creative with the way that we use the microphones and trying to keep people socially distanced last year mm-hmm. and uh, you know keep everybody safe as well as trying to be productive. So I'm going to let Nathan talk a little bit about this, and then we can just introduce the others, and they can share their input as well. Welcome in, Nathan, or Scrooge. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm not going to make you do it in voice, you know, in, in character, but uh, talk, right. talk about the whole, you weren't typecast, were you? Uh, he doesn't know this, but, uh, I do other productions over at the Apollo and normally I do get, uh, the grouchy characters a lot. Really? Uh, But yes, but, uh, 
So he didn't know that, so I was not typecast. Um, <laughs> Maybe he had some insight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about yeah, talk no. talk about the character, and um, you know, as thespians, I know you guys are used to staging on a stage and and talk and looking at the visual. But for our purposes, for radio theater of the mind, it's a little different. Yeah, um, it was it was interesting that year um, having some people being remote entirely and some people being there it was a little weird i i remember um the one person who played uh oh crap i forget the whoever played the love interest um is, is it emily bell bell <laughs> so bell's a good name for played, love interest <laughs> uh, whoever played bell was actually uh completely remote um so that entire scene i was uh listening into a previous uh recording um and uh that they said and then i was and then i said my lines out um while the recording was going on that was uh that was one of the more interesting parts uh another thing um like he said we did our some a few of our own sound effects uh, i remember uh one sound effect we had to do was uh the crunching of the snow and uh how we did that is uh we actually just got a bunch of uh i think whatever kind of chip it was well, we just got a bunch of chips and put it on some cardboard so we didn't have to clean it up later. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we just stomped on it with boots. Okay, I'm not going to be able to unhear that. When I'm listening, I'm going to be hearing, <laughs> I'm going to be listening for potato chips. That is, that's very creative. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and there were like a bunch of other things. Uh, we basically, um, how we did the, uh, the seclusion part of it is, uh, we had uh, two people on separate sides of uh, the microphone, and then we had, like, some plastic in front of us just to make sure so then we could bring our masks down and actually, like, influx as much as we needed to. Because you um, recorded this at the end of last school year and, um, of course, during the height of the pandemic, and, um, yeah. uh, you know, there are still uh, regulations going on to keep people social distanced and of course when you're performing with someone it is hard to keep a distance from them so um whose idea was it to to have the mics separated by a sheet of plastic so you guys could actually kind of see each other still uh well yeah uh mr ryan um and uh i want to pass it on to uh gibson crumley who uh actually played bell in the play well thanks scrooge We'll look forward to hearing you. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, Gibson. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. So you recorded this at the end of last school year. Uh, you were remote at the time. Yeah. That had to add a little bit of um, interest to the, you know, to the dynamic of, of acting around the other actors. Definitely. I was online pretty much the entire time. Um, not pretty much the entire. I was online all school year, um, and so that was always interesting because um, I was involved with our competition show and all of that. Um, so it was just a lot to um, get together with, um, and it was really weird, honestly, um, when I was recording my part because, as Nathan said, um, he was listening to my recording as he said his lines um, in response, but I had nobody, so I'm just, like, sitting here and, like, reading in this gruff voice in my mind these other lines to make sure he had enough space. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, whatever works, though, right? And and do you think I, the timing worked pretty well then? I think so. 
I don't know. I wasn't actually there to be like, yeah, this worked totally. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of the magic, and, and I'll let you in on a little secret, a lot of the magic of radio happens in, in post-production, right? Like when we're yeah. all uh, editing it and stuff. Did um, Were you part of that process as well, or did you have to uh, help produce in real time, like retake things or recut sound? Um, I actually didn't. I was... Um I, a lot of what, as far as I knew, um, took place over the summer. Um, but somebody in class, um, for example, Emily Gates, um, who played Martha, um, would actually, actually knows a bit more about that because she was actually in person there. So I'll hand you off to her and she can tell you about that. All righty. Thanks. Thanks, Belle. <laughs> so Emily Gates Hello. playing Martha and you not only did uh, part of the uh, the production as a cast member, but you also helped apparently with some of the production. So uh, talk about your experience. Yes. Yeah, so basically when we were recording, he would go over the stuff that we recorded and he would make sure that our um, we had to be loud enough. So when we weren't loud enough, we would have to record it again. And so we would go further back in the room and make sure our projection was better. And we would look at ourselves talking, and if it wasn't high enough, like the... What's the levels? Called? Yes, the levels. We had to do it again and again and again until we can make sure that we were loud enough. Wow. So how long do you guys think, and anyone can take this, but how long did you work on this project, recording it at the end of last school year, doing an entire radio drama of A Christmas Carol, um, how many hours do you guys think you put in? Three weeks. Wow. About. And it was, it was it during the school year then? It wasn't like cutting into your summer. Did you guys work on this during your, your theater class or after school or whenever you got a chance? Yes, we did this during class when we had um, as much time as we could with everything going on. Right. Well, how did it feel um, preparing this radio drama, recording it in a year when no one really knew when live theater productions on the stage would be coming back or if they'd be back for the next year? I'm going to pass this one over to Travis. Sure. Uh, who, who plays Jacob Marley? Yes, actually. Do you have a great, like, uh, ghostly warble? Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so um, talk a little bit about your work in this production and uh, having to pre-record it uh, during a pandemic when you guys weren't sure if you'd get to go out on stage. Uh, it, it was interesting, to say the least, because uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in 12th, so I already did, like, the on-stage shows the year before mm -hmm. since I was already in advanced theater. So going straight from, like, stage production to just voice work was it was a little odd but it wasn't bad it was just you know it was the same thing learn your script and read it off it it, it wasn't too different but it you could definitely feel the change well still you have to really manifest the character vocally a lot more and you can't use that crutch of those visual cues you know oh, if you're yeah, no. starting towards someone in a threatening way you can't really translate that so this is a skill set you guys all learned um which i'm in great admiration that you were able to do that we appreciate it yeah it, it was it was a really rough transition like you said you don't really have anything visual so you have to sell it all with just your voice so it really 
it was a big leap, especially for the uh, new students coming into advanced theater. And I'm glad we actually got to do it. It was nice. So anyone can answer this, but, you know, does this kind of whet your appetite to do radio drama in the future? Is it a format that you think that you'd enjoy or are you just glad it's done? <laughs> um, this is Gibson. Um, I definitely, this is something I, I really want to be involved with theater in general. So this is definitely something I'd be open to um, voice acting, radio drama, any of that. Um, it was a learning experience and it was very fun to do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my <laughs> point of view here. Anyone else want to want to grab that question? Like, is this something uh, you'd want to do in the future? I'm sorry. Emily. Hi, Emily. Emily. So for me, I felt like doing the radio show definitely helped understand what goes on more behind the scenes that we don't really do when we're on stage as much. And I think it helped us learn how to get into characters more and really try to see how it is mentally instead of physically because we all, I mean, it was kind of physical a little bit doing like the sounds. But it was definitely more you have to think like that character a little bit harder than you would if you were on stage. So uh, I'd love to bring your, your teacher back in if I could, uh, Mr. Ryan, David Ryan. Uh, you've got some pretty impressive thespians there. Oh, well, thank you very much. So, I like them. Uh, well, you must. Um, we really appreciate this partnership that we're forming to get some radio drama in. Uh, we, love, we love content. So much here. Um, but one of the things that I'm in great admiration of is the skill sets that you've introduced to these guys and gals, not only production, but also that Foley, the, you know, the sound effects. But, um, you know, having them take on something that in years past was really one of the foremost ways stories were told. Back in the 40s, a lot of people listened to radio dramas, and that was a huge part of their entertainment day. Were you able to, to talk to them about a little of the, the history of radio drama? Uh, we did we did a little bit. Um, you know, I always had uh, the uh, idea to bring in the old recording of Orson Welles doing War of the Worlds, because that's such a famous mm-hmm. one of those radio broadcasts that kind of went down in our history. Um, and I don't think that we actually had time to listen to it, because then... Like every other every other school year, time gets away from us, and then we always find ourselves having to rush. Right. So we we kind of jumped right in and got to work on this, so that we would not be as rushed as we you know uh, you know to avoid some of that rush. But it has a great history this this radio drama, and I I think that they enjoyed doing the foley sound effects, and you know I remember and we get to be loud, and you know everybody likes to be loud every now and then, right. So. You know, we got to bang chains around and metal boxes and clink and clank and all those different things that uh, we needed to do for this show. And then the the beauty of doing these shows is that the next show will require a completely different set of noises and sounds and, and dialogue. So it's always changing. So uh, we, we will firm this up, but I believe we're probably going to run this on Christmas Eve. But I will certainly let you guys know so you can all be listening. Uh, the, the radio drama is A Christmas Carol, and it is produced uh, by the, the thespians, the, the drama students, the theater students at Martinsburg High School. And we're happy to be uh, in partnership with you guys to do this. David Ryan and his very talented group, not all of them could be here today, but we had Gibson Crumley, Nathan Pitzer, Travis Fry the Third, and Emily Gates 
as well as their uh, their teacher, Mr. Ryan. Appreciate your time here today on Panhandle Live, and uh, break a leg. Thank you very much. We appreciate partnering, and uh, we'll be happy to supply some more content for you. Oh, we love content, so we're looking for something in the spring, all right? Okay. Y'all get ready. <laughs> Have a happy happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all of you guys, and uh, don't work too hard during finals week, right? All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care, you guys. More right, pin. Thanks. It's Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST. Part of the Panhandle story for 75 years. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome into this Friday edition of Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik here. Jordan Nicewarner, not with me, but for good reason. Uh, he and the Shepherd University Rams football team, their coaching staff, and his uh, sidekick, color commentator Travis Hanswrote, are uh, getting on a plane today. They're getting ready to go to the Division II semifinals in Michigan. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to be reading a lot of this because I don't have a great handle on all of the you know sports lingo. We've talked about this in depth. Um, you know, I'm a little sports uh, handicapped, as it were. But um, the Shepherd Rams are going into the semifinals uh, in Michigan. They'll play tomorrow. Our broadcast of that game, the radio broadcast, uh, we'll kick off at 3 o'clock with the preview. Uh, that'll be Jordan Nicewarner and Travis Hanswrote on the call. If you haven't had a chance to hear them uh, during this season, they are a lot of fun, and they know their stuff, and it I promise you it's going to be entertaining. And if the ending is as close and as exciting as the last two uh, contests that the uh, Rams football team has undergone, uh, you, you'll, you won't regret that you uh, tuned in. Uh, so Jordan, earlier in the week, uh, before he uh, had to take today off, gave us a bit of a preview uh, about um, this contest. The Shepherd Rams football team has had quite the season. The Rams finished their regular season with a record of 10-1. and Their only loss being a 29-37 loss to Kutztown way back on September 25th, but that didn't slow them down. After the loss, the Rams went on to win the remainder of their games and earned a playoff bid and got revenge on Kutztown last week after knocking them out of the quarterfinals with a Hail Mary win. The Rams now head to Big Rapids, Michigan to take on the Ferris State Bulldogs at 3.30 p.m. Saturday for a chance to go to the NCAA Division II National championship so i also checked out the shepherd university uh they they uh have an email blast that they do and uh here i'm just gonna read it It says the ram spirit is electric after the football team advanced to the national championship championship semifinals with a hail mary pass to beat kutztown with no time left on the clock today the team and cheer squad leave campus to travel to michigan to play ferris state university uh, they're inviting you to join the Ram fam on the Midway at 9.45 this morning, that's a few minutes away, to send the team off in style. If you can't make the trip to see the game live, uh, you can join other fans uh, at the game day watch party hosted by Shepherd University Alumni Association in the store ballroom. Doors open for that at 3 p.m. The event is free, but RSVPs are required. You can go to hbrimbaugh.com at shepherd.edu of course um, because this is a big dance uh, the division two semifinals it is being broadcast on television on uh, espn2 i believe it is so you you can watch that but if you're like me and you always have something going on on a saturday and you just want to listen into a really talented uh, play-by-play team tune in to 95.9 the big dog you can access that online as well or via the app and uh, the pregame show 
kicks off or gets underway, I should say, at three. Uh, Jordan talked to us a little earlier this week about uh, the end of the game and the postgame show. Well, I w- was fully prepared for Shepherd's season to be over. And uh, when, because how it went down, because when Bajent scrambled out of the pocket, he almost tripped and fell, which would have ended wow. the game, which that would have been awful way for the game to end uh, but he stayed on his feet and then uh, honestly if it wasn't for the wind that was blowing at his back pretty strong mm-hmm. I don't know if the football would have made it into the end zone wow. so it's just crazy how all these things are lining up people are throwing the word destiny around I don't know when things like that happen two weeks in a row that you win it with no time on the clock pretty exciting yeah, very exciting I don't know what kind of superstitions you're into but I'm a superstitious person so, how long did it take you and Travis to kind of calm down after uh, that? I don't think I said anything other than he caught it uh, for two, five minutes. <laughs> I think that's all I said. And then we came back to the, our uh, post-game show, and I didn't know what to say to come out of the break. Wow. I was just, it was incredible. What an experience. And I'm glad that we get to do it again next week at Ferris State up in Big Rapids, Michigan. And we're glad that they are um, invited on the plane. It's great that they're going to get to travel with uh, with those athletes and coaches. And uh, programming note, Dave Wilson is going to have uh, Ernie McCook, the, the football coach of the Shepherd University Rams, on talk line today at 1045. Uh, Dave Wilson is sitting in for Hoppy this week. And I know he told me earlier this week he was going to try to get the coach on. So he, at 1045 today, you can hear that interview with Coach Ernie McCook. And, um, you know, we're all we're all in on this. We hope the Shepherd Rams make it all the way. And uh, if in case you, you missed uh, some of those details, the deets, as they say, about the broadcast, uh, here's Jordan's rundown of that as well. It's a 3.30 game, so you'll be able to catch our pregame show on 95.9 The Big Dog at 3 o'clock. So there you have it, uh, 95.9 The Big Dog. Tune in at 3 o'clock. Uh, hear all the exciting play-by-play, and uh, you know we're all hoping they, they make it all the way. Uh, and uh, it'll be fun to hear Travis and Jordan uh, doing the play-by-play and the commentary. Uh, more Panhandle Live after this news break. We're going to talk about, delve into some of the news items of the day. It's been a very newsy news uh, day and some reaction about the uh, Alley Cat Allies allegations and a voting rights event yesterday in uh, Charlestown, as well as a preview of the Miss America contest. So we're going to hit all that after this quick news break. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Welcome back into Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik here. Jordan Nice Warner is, well, on assignment. He's heading off to Michigan along with Travis Hansrote. Uh, on the plane with the Shepherd University Rams uh, football team, their athletes, their uh I'm assuming they're cheerleaders, uh, coaching staff and all of that. Uh, and so we're very excited. There is a, a goodbye send-off uh, at Shepherd University this morning at 945. So if you haven't yet and you plan to head over there, you're running out of time. So uh, you know, get over there if you can. And if you can't make it to the game in Michigan tomorrow, you can hear the play-by-play on 95.9 The Big Dog beginning at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for the uh, pregame show. And uh, I promise you, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully we win and it'll be even more fun. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, 
They're your full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. They have 70-plus years of collective legal experience. You can visit them online at suttonandjanelle.com or their new historic location at 224 West King Street. It's been a very newsy news day here in the Panhandle. Of course, um, you know the um, story this morning about the... The woman who was arrested from an incident back in June, charged with animal cruelty. Um, the Journal had a story about that. They uh, lifted the magistrate records, and uh, apparently the woman will be charged with at least one felony. Uh, so, uh, you know, she deserves her day in court. But I remember when that broke, and people were very concerned about these little kittens because apparently there were two of them, and they were found later uh, deceased. Uh, other news going on. On a related note, uh, we've been giving updates back and forth on this uh, controversy between the uh, Berkeley County Animal Control and a rescue organization called Alley Cat Allies. So earlier in the week, we brought you uh, Berkeley County Sheriff Nathan Harmon, whose department oversees animal control. And uh, when these allegations came out, of course, there's this writ of mandamus that has been filed with the Supreme Court of Appeals in West Virginia, basically uh, with a a lot of what they're calling evidence and photos of uh, neglect uh, happening in in animal controls um, uh, jurisdiction. And they're asking the Supreme Court to basically tell animal control, you know, to live up to their uh, purpose under the law. Uh, When we talked to Sheriff Nathan Harmon, uh, he denied those, uh, those allegations, uh, Completely. Their writ is just simply just asking the Supreme Court to tell us to do our jobs. It's so ridiculous. But what was really offending was the language in there that these officers intentionally, negligently, and purposefully refused medical treatment to these animals mm-hmm. for upwards of 10 to 15 days. If, if at, the, at the very least, an embellishment, at the most, a fabrication. He also questioned the process of their investigation, saying they hadn't really talked to him. They can give comfort care, but by no means is it a perfect process because we're all human. We're doing our best assessment that we can, completely embellished in regards to 10, 15 days lapse of, of non-care. Um, there's, there's exigent circumstances that aren't being divulged uh, that, that, that takes place there. And that I wish they would have took a more holistic in their thorough investigation look at what the processes are. He also had a theory uh, that he expounded on our airwaves earlier this week about uh, why he thought this was coming out now. They file a suit on Tuesday, just before Thanksgiving, when no one's really, what are we focused on? We're focused on family. Tuesday, the same day they file a lawsuit, they purchase acreage in Berkeley County. You have a CEO that's making six figures who's got their million-dollar home built by the same donations. Now, I'm not slinging mud or anything, but I'm going to tell you something. We've utilized this rescue as well as other rescues, uh, and, and it's been a benefit. Uh, do they need to establish a bigger footprint here? That's not my choice. How they're going about doing it is completely unethical and unprofessional. You're literally planting the seed in folks' minds, social media-wise, mm-hmm. that Alley Cat Allies is so needed here because there's so much abuse going on with Berkeley County Animal Control, and, and now you're going to point a finger at an organization— to justify your existence here, there's better ways to do that. 
So you can read the story at WV Metro News. Uh, we have attached to that the actual writ of mandamus. It's 47 pages, and it has uh, pictures and reports from medical experts uh, that uh, the organizers of uh, the rescue say, you know, support their claims that uh, neglect was happening, and in some cases, animals had to be euthanized. We reached out to Alley Cat Allies uh, because we wanted to have a balanced story. Uh, they couldn't say a lot. They didn't want to really come on live, uh, but this, uh, because of the litigation that is uh, pending, they uh, they gave us uh, some sound from Becky Robinson, who is president and founder of Alley Cat Allies. That's the group that petitioned the Supreme Court of Appeals in West Virginia in a writ of mandamus to compel animal control to, quote, follow the law, end quote, in providing humane care to the animals in their care. And uh, she told the Panhandle News Network, I'm Becky Robinson, president and founder of Alley Cat Allies. Prior to filing the writ of mandamus with the Supreme Court of Appeals of West Virginia, Alley Cat Allies had conversations about our concerns with the commander, patrol division and animal control division, and others in the Berkeley County Animal Control. We also visited the shelter on multiple occasions. In fact, upon discovering the extreme heat at the animal control shelter during the summer, we immediately purchased multiple air conditioning units for the building so the animals would no longer suffer from the heat. Our investigation has uncovered a pattern of abuse, denying animals veterinary care and in some cases urgent medical treatment. We have irrefutable evidence proving that animal control did not provide necessary veterinary care for the animals in its care. In fact, we took animals from the Berkeley County Animal Control and we provided the emergency veterinary care they needed, for which we have exhibits in our writ of mandamus. We are confident we have more than enough evidence to win our case at the Supreme Court of Appeals in West Virginia and that the people and the animals of Berkeley County will benefit in the long term. Our investigation has uncovered undeniable evidence of animal cruelty inside the Berkeley County Animal Control Shelter, which is why we are seeking action from the state's highest court. Berkeley County Animal Control's failure to follow the law is causing extreme animal abuse and suffering. This is a case of the animal rescuer becoming the abuser. Again, those are uh, statements from Becky Robinson. She's the president and founder of Alley Cat Allies. It's an ongoing story. You can read um, the the first piece on wvmetronews.com. Again, embedded in that is that writ of mandamus, 47 pages. You can look for yourself. Um, And, of course, a couple sides uh, in any of these uh, news uh, articles that come out. And we wanted to bring you as uh, full of a picture of it as we could. And we'll be following this, of course. Yesterday in Charlestown, there was a voter rights event, and uh, we couldn't get out there because of our our schedule, but they were kind enough to send us some sound. Um, The proponents of voter rights gathered yesterday to talk about their their concerns and ideas as voting rights legislation might be taken up on the national level. And uh, we have some sound here from four different folks who were at the event yesterday. Some of those um, voices you will recognize. The first one, maybe not, William Wilder of the Brennan Center for Justice. He's a Singer Fellow in the Brennan Center's Democracy Program, focusing on voting rights litigation and felony rights restoration. Uh, he talked about uh, some of their concerns. All right, can you tell me your name? Uh, William Wilder. And William, who are you with? With the Brennan Center for Justice. And are you out of Washington? Uh, I'm from D.C., yes. You're in Charlestown to talk about voting rights and today with folks from the county doing a briefing. What, what, are, you gonna, what are you talking with them about? 
You know, uh, today I'm here to talk about a little bit about sort of the, the threats to voting rights going on across the country today and then what we can get done in the next couple of weeks to, to address these. Uh, we have an opportunity to pass two really great bills in Congress coming up soon, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act that would do a lot to curb partisan gerrymandering in our elections, uh, to protect voting rights, uh, to cut down on discrimination, and to fight back against corruption and the influence of corporate money in our politics as well. Now we're a year away from the next federal election. Is there still time to do stuff? You know, it's never really too late to pass either of these bills. These are really important things to, you know, stand up for democratic values. They're important now. They'll still be important next year. That being said, uh, Congress needs to act quickly if we want these things to really have their maximum effect for the 2022 midterms. Partisan gerrymandering is already happening in states all across the country. Uh, really bad restrictive voting bills are already happening. So the sooner Congress can act, the better uh, for these bills to really have their maximum effect to protect voters for next year. Thanks. That other uh, voice you're hearing is uh, Tom Sussman. We really appreciate them getting that sound to us. The next cut we have uh, is George Rutherford, president of the Jefferson County NAACP. Yeah, okay. Can you tell me your name? George Rutherford. And and, and Mr. Rutherford, who are you with? The Jefferson County NAACP. Um, We're here in a meeting for voting rights in Charlestown. Um, Why is that important? It's important because everyone needs the right to vote. And I can recall years ago when we had the problem voting and having fought for it and finally got it. We had made some progress, but now we're beginning to lose all that progress we have made because of the voting. Have the, um, has your organization been involved in trying to convince Senator Manchin and others to move this bill? We definitely have. We have, we have met with Senator Manchin along with NAACP in the state. And his position is that he will support the John Lewis bill. But he didn't move another two bills. Thank you very much. Next up, you'll hear the voice of Dale Manuel, former delegate and former county commissioner. He's uh, running for county commission uh, in the next election cycle. He also was a longtime educator in Jefferson County and said he used to just focus on telling his students to register to vote. But uh, he says he's got more concerns than that now. Dale Manuel, former delegate, former county commissioner. 28 years of public service. Uh, Dale, you're at a meeting on voting rights here in Charlestown. Why is this important? Well, years ago when I was teaching fifth and sixth graders, the most important thing you could tell them was register and vote. And then you would tell them to be sure and read, study the issues. But now it's become more and more difficult to register and to vote because of the suppression that's taking place. Uh, And we need to, at the national level, to basically put the integrity back in the election systems. We need to do away with the dark money. We need to have uh, bipartisan uh, district lines drawn. We need to uh, ensure our our folks that are uh, uh, election poll workers uh, from harassment and so forth. All these things, I would have never imagined this when I was talking to my fifth and sixth graders a while back. But it's all happened. And it's a, a very, very difficult situation. And it needs to be addressed and can be addressed through the bills that they're talking about in the Congress. Uh, Senator Manchin has a bill that would, uh, would address some of these issues. 
Finally, Tom Sussman caught up with uh, John Doyle. He is the 67th district delegate out of Jefferson County. Uh, He has announced recently he's going to run for the Jefferson County Commission. Uh, And one of his complaints was the fact that uh, the districts have been revised because of the census, and he uh, believes that his district was uh, reconfigured in such a way it would have been difficult for him to win re-election. So here are his comments. All right. Can you tell me your name? John Doyle. And John, you're a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates representing Jefferson County. We're here at a meeting about voting rights. Why is this important? Voting rights are fundamental to democracy. If we lose our voting rights, we lose our democracy. I think we're actually in danger of losing our democracy. This is one of the few times in American history that it's begun to teeter in the balance. And we have to save it. And the only way we're going to save it is if we save voting rights. You've experienced a redistricting. So talk to me about gerrymandering. Uh, This is my third redistricting. And this is the most extreme gerrymandering I've seen, uh, what we've seen in in October in the West Virginia legislature. When I was in before, I was involved in two of them, uh, and we did some gerrymandering, but it really wasn't partisan. It was more save the incumbents type of gerrymandering. And we included the minority party in on all that. We asked the republic, hey, draw us your district and we'll see if we can make it work. But uh, that is not what happened this time. When we come back on Panhandle Live, we're going to have a preview of the Miss America pageant via Jalen Ratchford, Miss West Virginia. Marcia Kavalik here on this busy Friday. I uh, want to close out the show with a preview of the Miss America pageant courtesy Miss Jefferson County, who turned into Miss West Virginia, who's also a student at Shepherd University. Uh, she's got a lot of irons in the fire. And uh, let's listen in. Next, Miss West Virginia stopped by. Jalen Ratchford is a student at Shepherd University and served as Miss Jefferson County before being crowned Miss West Virginia. Her busy week at the Miss America pageant is already underway with preliminaries this weekend. And then the 100th anniversary Miss America competition takes the stage Thursday, December 16th. Now, you have been pretty busy since the last time we talked to you, which I think was like, what, just a few hours after you were crowned Miss West Virginia? Yeah. So uh, what have you been up to? I keep seeing you all over the state with uh, different groups and organizations. Yeah, so a lot of my year of service is promoting my social impact initiative, which is investing in our future, the impact of youth empowerment. And right now I am getting prepared to go compete for Miss America. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up in what? <laughs> A week? Less than a week? Yeah, next week we leave for Connecticut um, for the 100th anniversary of Miss America. And then finals night will be on the 16th. So it's coming up soon. (laughs) That is pretty amazing that you're there for the 100th. Yeah. Because you know there's going to be a lot more. Oh, it's going to be huge. Way bigger than what it normally would be, I'm sure. Um, We did a lot of the celebration at orientation um, a few months ago in Connecticut because we got to um, proclaim Miss America Day for the um, actual 100th anniversary. So I'm really excited for just remembering all the women that have served this organization and served our nation um, and then kicking off the next 100 years. So what has this experience been like for you since you were crowned Miss West Virginia? Has it been everything that you thought it would be? Has it been crazier than you thought it would be? Or has it just kind of been uh, like a normal day to day? Oh, it's been all of it, all of the above. (laughs) So there are moments where you were just, you know, awestruck with Mm -hmm. the impact that you have on the state, um, the connections that I'm making, the memories. 
It is absolutely crazy the whirlwind that you're in sometimes um, with interviews and events and just crazy stuff that I get to be a part and of. And still being a of course, it is coming up on December 16th. So what has the prep been like? I mean, we're right up at the doorstep now. I was just now. getting ready for finals, too. That's true. So, I mean, have you talked to your teachers? Been like, hey, give me a little break here. Let me take it maybe a week later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing play the Miss West Virginia card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I have been juggling so so much right now. Um, but that's what I've trained for. That is what's preparing me for the real world. Um, that's what the Miss America organization does. You know, we are great women and we are busy women. So Shepherd University has been amazing. I'm studying psychology and business at the same time and taking master's classes for my MBA. Don't make it easy on yourself. I know, right? I just had to (laughs) tack on another thing, but it's been really great how they've worked alongside me and been excited for this opportunity. So I'm actually taking my finals early finals week is better student than I was. Yeah. Yeah, So finals week is the week that I leave for Miss America. Um, so I worked through Thanksgiving break. It was not a break for me, but I was thankful for that opportunity to get it all done early and really work hand in hand with my professors at Shepherd. That's pretty cool. Again, speaking with Miss West Virginia, Jalen Retchford. Preliminary competition is the 12th and 13th. On the 11th, I'll compete in private interview, which is a 10-minute conversation with the judges panel. You are communicating your passions, your goal for Miss West Virginia, your goal for Miss America, um, and you're just sharing a piece of yourself on a more intimate level um, during that 10 minutes. Well, you're a great ambassador. They should (laughs) pick you. you. Absolutely. Thanks. (laughs) And that was Jalen Ratchford, Miss West Virginia. She'll be competing in the 100th anniversary of the Miss America competition. For more information, go to MissAmerica.org. We'll be rooting for her. We'll be rooting for the Shepherd Rams. Of course, if you want to hear that play-by-play uh, with Jordan and Travis, you can tune in at 3 o'clock for the pregame show, a 95.9 The Big Dog. Lots going on in the panhandle, of course. And uh, if you want to get a family-friendly Christmas uh, experience this weekend, a very Apollo Christmas hits the stage, uh, and it's on tonight. Through Sunday, you can check the Apollo Civic uh, Theater Facebook page. Uh, they've got a big uh, banner with their information for the showtimes, and they've got a lot of fun stuff going on ahead of each of those programs as well. Thanks for being with me today on Panhandle Live. We'll be back in the chair at uh, 9 o'clock. Jordan will be back on WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.